American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's good, people? Welcome to the Believe in Heat podcast. I'm your host, Warren Shaw, and we have a dope episode lined up for you again this week. It is the Eastern Conference Finals preview. Now, first, let me apologize. I've been away. I've been on vacation. I got back. I'm a little sick, but that can't stop the show. We are back. And as always, I have to shout out to Believe Network and ask that you give this show and all the shows on the network some love by giving us a five-star rating and leaving a comment about this podcast and all the podcasts on the Believe Network on your favorite podcast platforms, whatever that may be. Now, let's show a little love to our amazing sponsor. Our partners at Ben Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of your latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today and use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Alright, now let's catch up on what's been happening with the Miami Heat since we last spoke. Let's do it. Miami heads to the Eastern Conference Finals here now after dispatching the Philadelphia 76ers in six games. Games three and four were really interesting when Joel Embiid came back. He was able to impact the game defensively specifically and keep Miami out of the paint. Miami had some also some poor shootings in those games. But when it got back to game five, the adjustments the Heat made, um, Jimmy Butler and company just would not let this team lose. They beat up on the Sixers 120-85 in game five. And then in game six, 99-90. And that wasn't really that close as Butler again had 32 points continue to lead this Miami Heat team. In the final two games of the series, you saw the continued emergence of Max Struess. He double-doubled in both of those games, much to the delight of Jimmy Butler and the rest of this Heat organization. And he continues to be a force on both sides of the basketball. His defense continues to be a little bit underrated, um, but he's really getting things done out there on, on that side of the basketball. And the rebounds are just an added bonus in addition to the shooting that he continues to provide ever since coming into the starting lineup. One thing that's interesting to me, though, is they've been able to make do without Kyle Lowry, right? Victor Oladipo, some of the the stink, if you wear, has kind of worn off from that Atlanta series. Um, but he's been okay. Tyler Hero has been okay. I mean, it really has been a Jimmy Butler-led playoff run thus far. But that actually should give Miami Heat fans hope because you know that Tyler Hero is going to figure it out. You would assume Oladipo is continuing to get better. Gabe Vincent shot 18% from three in that Sixers series, and that should also get better. So there's a lot still to be positive about if you're a Miami Heat fan. It's going into this first round, sorry, not this first round, this Eastern Conference Finals matchup now against the Boston Celtics, which is another hot defensive team, similar elk of the Miami Heat. I would be remiss if I did not add the, the exuberance of Jimmy Butler had in closing out the 76ers on their home floor against his good friend Joel Embiid and kind of famously now screaming into the locker room, Tobias Harris over me. Um, there was a lot 
a lot going on, I think, in this Heat Sixers series, but Miami ultimately prevailed. I also want to shout out my guy, Chris Barnett, for his preview of this series, you know, before we did this here a couple weeks ago. Now we have to turn our attention to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. But before we do that, I want to just have take a little time to listen to Eric Spolstra as he talks about the way Miami has kind of cultivated their season and, and found different ways to win basketball games throughout the course of the year. Yeah, you know, I think w- what this team has shown uh, over the course of the year is that we can find different solutions to win, and w- that's what you need in the playoffs. We've been able to win defensive games. We've been able to win with guys out. We've been able to win with different starting lineups, different rotations. Um, we've been able to win with the three ball. We did that for six weeks this season. Um, I think all of those experience, uh, all those experiences helped us prepare for the playoffs because it's anything goes. You have to do whatever is necessary. I wouldn't necessarily script that every single year, you know, to have this wild swing of guys in and out of the lineup. But that's also the world we've been in for, you know, two years with with COVID. Um, for us, it helped us um, in that regard. I don't think it could be summed up any better than that, really. You know, and that's some one of the things I've been banging the drum on, drum on, and I've been talking about almost every single show since I took over here, I believe in heat, is that Miami just knows how to win basketball games in different ways. And I think that's what makes them probably the best equipped team in the rest of these playoffs because they just can win in different ways, whether they be a man down, whether they need to win offensively, whether they need to win defensively. They just find a way to get it done, and there's never any excuses. And that really is the testament to what the Heat have been able to do for years now, but specifically throughout the course of the season. Now... We will turn our attention to the Eastern Conference Finals, and I have an amazing guest for you all to listen to. Uh, You're going to enjoy this one. Stay tuned. Miami Heat culture is a system based on discipline, hard work. Hashtag Heat culture. The Miami Heat culture. Heat culture. Miami Miami has developed this culture that is known throughout the NBA. Heat culture. And on this week's Heat culture segment, we have one of the most knowledgeable cap guys on NBA Twitter. He also happens to be a Boston Celtics fan. He is a contributor to Sport Track, Celtics blog, and has his own podcast. Um, co co host of the front office show. He's my guy, Keith Smith. Keith, what's good, family? Hey man, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, brother, brother. You know, it's it's been a long time. It's been a long time. You you've joined me on some of my other shows here and there. And you know, you're one of the great followers out there and one of the most knowledgeable insane Celtics supporters <laughs> out there. And that's not saying much about anybody, but anybody's fan base. All of the, a lot of the fan bases are a little insane to some degree, but you keep things, keep things um, neutral, if you will, to the most degree. And before we kind of dive into some of the X's and O's here, I wanted to ask just your thoughts on how both of these teams, the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, just how did they both get here from, from an outsider's view? How do you feel like their individual paths to meeting each other here now for the second time in three years for a trip to the finals? Yeah, I think for the Celtics, the big thing for them is they, it's been a remarkable turnaround really since the calendar flipped to 2022. Uh, first half of the year, they were they were just kind of right around 500, even a little bit below for chunks of the year. They Their effort was coming and going, and you could see Ime Udoka, who – kind of made three promises at his introductory press conference. The first one was we're going to move and share the ball. He comes from that Spurs uh, world where it's, you know, make quick decisions. Everybody gets involved and you trust your stars will get their shots uh, through the system. Then it was, we're going to defend and we're going to play hard all the time. And that was 
the defense was there more often than not to play hard. Eh, that was questionable. <laughs> and then the last part was, I'm going to coach you hard. And that's what they said the stars asked for, from Tatum to Brown to Marcus Smart to, you know, anybody who was asked was like, yeah, we want somebody who's really going to kind of come at us. And there were times it looked ugly early in the year, but eventually it all sorted out. They figured it out. Um, and it all started to come together right around January 1st or so. It was They, they say December 31st. They played the Phoenix Suns on New Year's yeah. Eve and beat them and that's when they say you know things really took off um so yeah and then from the heat side from you know the, the at least the outsider point of view the thing i think that is most impressive is I, I know there's the whole heat culture stuff and all that but i think they have the nba's supreme next man up mentality somebody who goes down you plug in the next guy and we just go we don't miss a beat. We don't make excuses. We just keep playing with the guys who are available. And that that's huge because we live in such a world in the NBA where guys love to make excuses that these guys just getting after it is just so massive that it's so fun to watch and see almost, you know, no matter who the guys are that they're putting out there, it's, hey, we're just going to go out there and do our job and do our thing. I think that's a great synopsis there, Keith, because I think as I've been taking over for the Believe in Heat show here too, this is one of the things I keep saying is like they have figured out a way to win however with whoever whenever. Like that's just – it doesn't matter. Spolstra comes out all the time and saying, hey, we're able to win in multiple ways. We've won shooting the three ball. We've won, you know, being a defensive-minded team. We've won where, you know, again, our offense maybe wasn't clicking, but then, you know, somebody we picked up off a 10-day contract help us win a game. Like it really has been – a sum of all the parts for the Miami Heat, you know, coming into this conference finals. And they had a slightly easier path, I think, than Boston. And I think with Boston, even though they swept that first round series, the games were mostly close, you sure. know, really and truly, where I think Miami has felt more or less comfortable despite, you know, having to go losing two games to Philadelphia in that, in that second round matchup. So what I want to touch on now is the point guards for both of these teams, and both are battling injuries. I saw the news earlier today that Marcus Smart has a foot issue. Kyle Lowry's still been dealing with a hamstring issue, but is, is expected to play as of today. He's so actually been ruled out now. Oh, Lowry he's been ruled out? Well, there you yeah. go. So how 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 impactful do you feel like those two things will be for each one of those teams? Can, can the, both teams get by without having Smart and Lowry respected? Well, it makes it easier if they're both out <laughs> for both sides because those two guys, it's funny. I don't – Kyle Lowry at this point in his career, I don't know that he's the, the – I know he's not the first guy. You think of with Miami, he might not even be the second or the third guy. And Marcus Smart, isn't. he's probably the third, fourth guy you think of when you think of the Boston Celtics. But – they're the engines that drive those teams. They're the ones who get them into the offense. They, they, you know, they're going to make a play defensively. Uh, they, they, they're mirror images of each other as far as uh, the flop game goes. They, oh, they yeah, both right. love that, um, you know, and that, that's something everybody's you know super excited about, right? So, um, yeah. but I, I think what's really interesting, you know, thinking of of these guys is it's going to be really tough. Now, I know for the Celtics, they feel pretty good. Hey, we can put Derek White in there, and we can do do our things with him but Derek White has to make shots that that's been a major major issue uh for in his time in Boston and then the other part is um Peyton Pritchard they they can trust he'll make shots but then he needs to be defended right. and not be kind of in a position where it's you know you can pick on him on the flip side for Miami I'd be a little bit worried about Gabe Vincent 
Um, he was really good in the regular season. He's not been good in the playoffs as a shooter. Um, just cannot knock down any jumpers. And that's kind of become like a thing that's become like a little bit of a plague for a lot of Heat players is knocking down jump shots. And that's what Boston, you have to do. You, you have to make jumpers to beat the Celtics. And they're going to, you know, invite guys like Vincent um, to, to shoot the ball if he's open. And, and they'll kind of live with it. At, All right. Hey, if he knocks down a whole bunch, he knocks down a whole bunch. It is what it is. And we'll figure it out, you know, next game or later in the game or whatever it is. But it's going to be a challenge for sure. So I'm glad you touched on this point specifically because I think Miami has been matriculating without having the best of its shooters, if you will. Even Tyler Hero hasn't been his Mm -hmm. sixth man of the year self, so to speak. Duncan Robinson has seen sporadic minutes throughout the course of the playoffs. But Spo, as you know, will call on anybody at any time, especially given game flow and and needing to do. So does that concern you from a Celtic standpoint that, well, they do have they have gotten this far and they haven't necessarily played their best basketball when it comes to Miami, at least in terms of the shooting from the three point line? Yeah, a little bit. I I think the where. You 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 look at these things and just you know eventually I mean you you've watched a million games just like I have over you know a lot of years and it's you know these things all eventually even out but then I factor in they haven't really played against very good defense in their first two series either so even if it does even out to guys shoot better they're going against better defense so they're going to shoot better because they just can't imagine they'll shoot you know, that is quite as poorly as they have, but it's the defense is going to rebalance that off a little bit. So I think think it's just this series, it's, it's going to be one of those ones where if you like either team, you're locked in. If you're kind of a, you know, old school basketball fan, you'll probably love it. If you like, you know, up and down and high scoring and all this, you go watch the Warriors and Mavericks because you're not going to get that from Celtics Heat. I think that's a great point there, Keith. We're talking with Keith Smith here. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Keith, Jimmy Butler has been one of the better players, I think, within the playoffs, despite necessarily not having the highest points per game average, so to speak. But he's up there. Um, he's definitely, you know, definitely doing his thing. And one of the ways he has kind of tormented, like some of these earlier defenses, is the way he gets into the teeth of the defense, been able to shoot the three ball somewhat consistently, but those ball fakes and people biting on that and him getting to the to the free throw line. Do you feel like Boston's defensive principles are going to be um, stable enough, if you will, to not maybe bite on some of those fakes that, that Jimmy loves to do when he's getting into the teeth of the defense and, you know, not allow the Heat to kind of have a, a march and parade to the free throw line? Uh some of them will be fine. <laughs> Some of them were they, they're going to bite on, on fakes. So like Robert Williams right now, um, because he hasn't been playing regularly and he's off the injury report for the Celtics and looks like he'll be uh full go according to Ime Udoka earlier today. Um, he, he will 100% because he's going to come out like he's shot out of a cannon looking mm-hmm. to make plays. So he's going to commit uh, probably a couple, you know, pretty bad silly fouls. And we'll see, you know, where it goes from there with that. But the rest of their guys, the, they'll, they'll be a little bit more disciplined. Now Butler gets even the best guys. Cause he, he's, he's got that fake. The thing that always gets me with him. And I was looking up some numbers as I was getting into the season or series preview for this is, it's become almost kind of silly that he just is like, oh, the three-point shot? Yeah, I guess we can take that if we have to throughout the entirety of the regular season. Then he gets to the playoffs, and it's like, I'm going to take three, four, five of these a game, and I'm going to knock them down in a pretty good clip. It's just – it really is kind of funny at this point. So that's something you do have to watch for because he is – it. it in the regular season, you can kind of play you know 10 feet off him and know he doesn't want this shot. 
But in the playoffs, he's he's perfectly willing to take it. But he does want to get to his pull-up and get all the way to the rim. So that'll be something where Boston's going to have to really watch that and do their best to stay in front of him. So from the Celtics standpoint, continuing that kind of in that mantra, do you feel like we'll see any zone from, from Boston? Um, one of the things that, that I think torments some Celtics fans is uh, whatever game it was, I think it was a closeout game, you know, in the bubble, where Bam Adebayo just decided – I'm I'm just better than Daniel Tice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. just, I'm just better. And he was dribbling by him, and just like I think it was like three or four straight possessions. He just just took took him to school, so to speak. Yeah, but, I'm not looking at the video, but I can clearly see in my mind him catching it at the free throw line, spinning around Tice, and getting to the basket over and over and over again. Just relentless, relentless, yeah. really and truly. So, do you feel like, excuse me, that? Um, is a zone a way to maybe like challenge Miami shooters or, you know, and, and I'm sure Miami fans would say this, that's not the way to do it. Cause, cause they, they feel very confident in Struce and Tucker hanging out in the corner and even Butler now, as you alluded to, but the impact of Bam, especially if he's an aggressive Bam, you know, how do you think Boston will best combat that? Yeah, I would not mess around with any zones. It's not something the Celtics do either. So I think, um, getting into something like that is difficult because they, they, I wouldn't, I would be very surprised if they're not in the bottom five of uh, possessions of zone defense in the entire league um, because of a couple reasons. One, you don't do it, so it's probably not going to be very good. And then the second is with the way the, the Heat can shoot, I'd be really worried because you and, and you've got guys like Bam, Jimmy Butler, you can get them at the nail, trust they're going to make the right decision and pick out a shooter. And that's going to be a major problem for you. So I would not mess around with that. And in the, the thing with, with Bam this time around is, and I just wrote this in my series preview for Celtics blog, he's not going against Daniel Tice. I'd be surprised if he gets very, uh, it gets very more than a handful of uh, possessions against uh, uh, Daniel Tice in this series. I just don't think that's going to be how it goes. So I think what you're going to more likely see is it's going to be Al Horford, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, and those guys are all much better fits to kind of keep him. I don't want to say stop him or shut him down, but just keep him controlled a little bit. Yeah. All right. That, that makes perfect sense as well, too. So Keith, you know, we're going to keep it pushing here. And, and it's, it's really interesting because you just touched on, you know, the Williamses, if you will, right? And I don't know what to make. You know, I think I tweeted this out, you know, after game seven as well. Seeing Grant Williams, like being deathly afraid for him <laughs> against the Miami Heat two years ago <laughs> in the bubble to now like, yeah, run that guy out there. And Miami yep. needs to pay some some attention. But how real is this shooting, Keith? I mean, this guy, he he had one hell of a series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, how real is his, is his offense right now? Because he's, he's a good and smart defender despite being undersized. But the offense is just really kind of blowing my mind. Yeah, how I would put it to Heat fans is how much do you believe in P.J. Tucker's shooting? And my guess is it's a lot, as it should be. And that's the exact same thing for Grant Williams. These two guys, even though they're at the kind of polar opposite ends of their careers, where Grant's just getting started and PJ's been around for forever, um, they're very similar players. They're undersized forwards who can defend anybody and really hold their own. And then they're both knockdown shooters. Here's the thing. You said he had a great shooting series against the Bucks. He shot worse in that series than he did in his uh, uh, regular season. He was a 41% three-point shooter. There was a point in the year where him and P.J. Tucker, they weren't there because they didn't have enough attempts. But if they had enough attempts to qualify, 
they were going back and forth one, two for months of the season as the best shooters in the league. And, and oddly enough, the third guy in that mix was Doug McDermott. So you had three kind of forwards, you know, top in that list, which shows you how much the game has changed, but the Celtics are very confident with Grant Williams and much like it feels like every corner three PJ Tucker takes, that's kind of how it feels with Grant Williams too. It's to, to the point where they call it the corner office and they're, they're looking for him down there uh, pretty regular when, you know, Tatum Brown or smart or Horford on the short roll breaks into the middle of the defense and gets that help. They're looking to kick it to Grant Williams and they'll live with happily live with him taking as many three pointers as, as they can get. So Keith, I want to kind of jump into what Miami's game plan has been defensively in the first couple of series, right. In terms of suffocating guys Mm-hmm. And do you think the Celtics have any fear of being suffocated where Tatum will see these walls, where Brown will see these walls, especially with those, if they're if, when their minutes are staggered and, and they don't have the other one to release to, so to speak, like they did a really great job. The heat did, I think when in the non Embiid minutes and Harden just saw three people everywhere he went and they were like, Kirk Moss beat us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like, go ahead, you know, best of luck to you. Do you feel like that is something that Boston should be preparing for? And are they are they ready, especially with able to do it? Because like, hey, we got to move the ball. We have to trust our other teammates. Yeah, and it's that last part why I think they are ready because I think they now play with that faith and trust in those guys. It used to be with Tatum and Brown, like it is with any young scorer. I think the hardest thing in the league is when you come in as a scorer, which Tatum and Brown their entire lives had been, and then it's like. Hey, sometimes you need to pass the ball and then it's have faith. It'll come back to you play the right way. It'll, it'll come back around to you and we'll, we'll get you an easier look or a better look or whatever it is. You don't need to always create. And that's hard when probably for most of these guys, since they were what, 10, 11 years old, it's been get the ball and score, please. Right. And that's then, and then it's, you know, Hey, be, be playmakers. And that's the biggest change, especially since two years ago. Um, I always think about, we, we all remember that play where Tatum got downhill and Bam made you know the block of his life uh, to to save. I think it was game game one, um, right at the buzzer. Now what you would see is Tatum would be just as likely to kick to the open shooter uh, on that play. You know, pres- assuming there's enough time and all that stuff, um, he he would be just as likely to kick to that open shooter. And it's it's that growth that I think allows them now to play better when they face a crowd, when they have defenses loading up on them, because they'll trust that they can get the ball off to a teammate that'll make a shot or they'll make a play. And often it'll come back their way. And that's been a major change uh, for these guys because they were not playing that way for, you know, large, large chunks of their career. And this, that's probably been uh, the single biggest thing Ime Udoka has brought out in those two guys. There were signs of it under Brad Stevens, but it's really leveled up under, under, we're chatting with Keith Smith here. Make sure you follow him again on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Also, some great work can be found over there at Celtics blog. And make sure you check out his podcast for an office show, man. That, that, that thing is showing, especially if you love the cap and how teams are going to potentially make moves and trades and stuff like that, too. Keith, Keith is a great resource. A couple more before we let you slide up out of here, man. I love what you've been able to give here, give us here on Believe in Heat. Um, let's talk a little bit about the coaching matchup now. Spolstra is a legend. There's there's no two ways about that. He's one of the greatest basketball minds of our time, our generation, right? And Yudoka's in his first year. Um, so the experience level, I think a lot of people naturally are just gonna like, well, Spo has has the edge, right? And that's that's neither here or there. But do you feel does that from your standpoint, does that does that concern you at all that 
you know, Yudoka, this is his first time in the conference finals, you know, as as a, sitting in the head coach's seat and against somebody as experienced as Smolstra. And do you feel like, hey, there's a possibility he really could just get out coach and, you know, the moment could be too big for Yudoka at all? I don't think the moment will be too big for him, but I also don't think that that uh, means he won't get out coached either. I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, the best struggle when they yeah. go up against uh, Eric Spolster. He's great. He, they, I think for my money, non-pop division, but that's now we're into like, you know, emeritus type stuff mm-hmm. with him. Spolster is the best coach in the league. You, you cannot continue a year after year after year, go to, hey, we're going to pull up Max Struess, uh, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin. I mean, I'm just picking guys on this year's group. And they're, we're going to throw them in there and they're going to play and we're going to be fine and not be an incredible coach with a really good staff too. I want to make sure to credit the staff also. So I think what is really um, going to be tough is – do the Celtics players trust in Udoka and not lose that confidence? And I don't think they will when things maybe go a little sideways. And I, I think there's a chance game one could be kind of ugly for Boston. They're coming off this seven-game battle with literally a day to rest while also implementing their you know plan for Miami. And then a chunk of the day was obviously spent jumping on a plane and flying uh, down to Florida. So they're going to have you know be in kind of a tricky spot Um you know, for, for this game one where the Heat have been, I don't, I don't want to say sitting around because it's not what they're doing, but they, they've been, you know, off, a chance to, you know, get, get off their feet a little bit and prep. But I I, I think it's the single biggest advantage Miami has in this series is, is Eric Spolster versus Ime Udoka. But I don't think it's going to be anything where we're sitting there looking like, oh my gosh, the Celtics, you know, lost because of Ime Udoka. I just don't think that's the way it'll play out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Yudoka's he's he's this is his first time in the head coaching seat, but he has been coaching for years. He's been mentored by some great people as well, too. So, you know, I'm not worried about him necessarily withering under the moment. But again, like you alluded to, Spo is Spo. Like he's he's yeah. he's just he's just that guy. You know? And you know he's gonna have something for the Celtics that they haven't seen before. Yeah. Whether yeah. it be a lineup or a defense or just something. And it may it may be halfway through the second quarter of game three when it gets pulled out and it's like, Oh, what is this? Yeah. And you know, and more, more, more likely than not, it'll probably work at least for a little while. And that's going to be the part for you. Don't get though. I don't know as much as it's going to be game to game. I think it's going to be more kind of uh, play to play section to section that they're going to yeah. have to be, be ready to adjust and go. And the big thing is they're going to have to be ready to pick out. All right. They're in that zone. We need to get right into our zone offense, which Miami zoning the way they did against Boston two years ago and then a couple times in the regular season last year, that I think more than anything forced them to become a better offense against zones to the point where having Horford back, who's a great decision maker, Tatum and Brown's decision making, leveling up, the zone doesn't really give them the problems that it once did. I think those are great points. And again, it's kind of like the iron sharpens iron type of situation, right? And, you know, you know, Boston saw what was being done against them and had to get better, you know, as Miami continued to, you know, march their path and forge their way to become one of the better teams here in the Eastern Conference. Last couple ones, Keith here. Um, you know, I don't necessarily like the X factor conversation, so to speak, but is there a guy, give me a guy from both teams that you're like, all right, I'm going to be paying close attention to what, these two gentlemen do specifically and how they may impact the series. 
Yeah, I think for Boston, it's Derek White. I, I think they need him to, especially if Smart is limited at all, then it really ratchets up. But I think it is now to the point where they need him, even if Smart is good to go, they just need him to be a playmaker off the bench. He's going to have to make some jump shots because Miami's going to certainly let him take them. So he's got to make those. And then I think he needs to um, really be locked in defensively because he's going to get matched with Tyler Hero a lot. And he needs to do his best to just kind of do what you can to keep him under control. Again, not going to probably stop him. Just keep him under control. Don't let him you know, go off for 30-plus points like he did a couple years ago to the Celtics <laughs> when they didn't have any answer for him coming off the bench. So now, now that that's what it is. He's their best defender on him, too. Smart does a little bit better with the guys who want to be a little bit more physical. The quicker guys who have some scoring craft, that's where, where White is really going to show up. For the Miami side, I it's, it's hard, but it's just going to be – Someone who's not Butler or Hero needs to make shots and score. Um, so I get I guess I'll probably go with Victor Oladipo. I think they, they need him, or maybe Gabe Vincent. Um, one of those guys is gonna have to really step forward and be that other guy. I love Bam Adebayo, but I just don't think this is gonna be throw it to Bam and let him go to work. And plus, Boston just did that against Giannis. And I love Bam, but offensively he's not Giannis. He's not, you know, he doesn't have that same kind of package of stuff. So the Celtics are going to be, you know, hey, if you want to play through that and let let everybody else be super limited, we'll probably live with it. But it's so one of the other guards, ball handlers, really needs to step up for the heat. I think great points, Keith, you know, and I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time here. I think as I'm looking at it, you know, from Miami standpoint, I, I'm going to go with the shooter myself and I'm going to think I'm going to pick Max Struess, especially coming off the back-to-back double-doubles in that Philadelphia series. I'm a guy who's really worked hard to even to be able to defend and supplant, you know, Duncan Robinson in the starting lineup. I think he's somebody that Boston's going to need to pay some careful attention to. He's He's got a pretty quick release and he's not, a, not afraid to let it fly. And I think, you know, that's something that, you know, the confidence that Miami has within the shooters, even when it's not falling down, that that's a level of resiliency that I don't know that if Boston has faced just yet, you know, kind of like from the team concept. You, yes, you had KD and Kyrie, but not everybody else on that team was like confident in the way that I think all the Miami oh, yeah. players were confident in that same yeah. thing. Go ahead. No, I completely agree. I was just agreeing with you. You're spot on with that. It's It's been – you could see the moments where the Nets and Bucks were at times were like, all right, this, this one's done. And yeah. – that, that happens in Miami when it hits triple zeros in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different different situation not down there and not quite South Beach and downtown Miami. For people who live in the area know what the situation is. And then for me, when I'm looking at Boston, it, you know, I, I think I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. It's just, is Grant Williams really like this good? you know, offensively. And I think it's over. I don't even go to the, the totality of the role players and bench in some aspect as well. Um, I just, I just need to see if, if, the, if this is a real situation. And it's one of those really, really strange things for me because Boston, I think at this point has been better. They've been good longer than they've been bad <laughs> to begin the year, obviously mm-hmm. now, at this point. And now they're in the conference finals, but there's still like that hint of like, well, they were still that team. You know, whereas Miami has been fairly consistent throughout the course of the regular season. And like I said, has been able to win in multiple ways. So last thing here, Keith, you got to give me some predictions, brother. You know who you got and how many games. Yeah, I'm going to go with Celtics in six. I feel pretty good about that. And if Kyle Lowry, I'm really worried about his availability for this series for Miami. I it's 
when a hamstring injury takes this long, I tend to think it's not just another couple days and it'll be good. Um, in in when I when we watched him play in that Philly series, it was very clear he should not have been on the floor. He just he wasn't himself. He hasn't you know looked uh, good for really since he got hurt against the Hawks. And I appreciate being tough and everything, but I think the Heat are kind of doing the right thing here. Of our, we got to save the guy from ourselves. Uh, from themselves and also save ourselves from him going out there and, and actively hurting us. So I'm just, I, I hate when health is a factor, but to win a title, you have to get some breaks along the way to even get to the finals. You have to get breaks along the way. And I think the Celtics, they got a break in this, uh, you know, said, they, you know, they got a break with the nets because they were just a mess. Yeah. And then you get a, get a break in the second round. Chris Middleton's not there. Maybe their break here in the East finals is Kyle Lowry's either not going to be there or not be himself. Um, so I, I'm going to go Celtics in six. I think they'll steal one in Miami. And I think that'll be enough to, to get them home court advantage. And I think they'll, they'll take care of it, but I think it's going to be a bunch of hard fought close games where people are going to be frustrated the whole way, but in the absolute very best way. Nah, excellent. Excellent. Keith, Tell the people where they can find you and anything that you have working on and coming out here in the next couple of weeks or days or so. Sure. Yeah. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Keith Smith NBA before warned. I tweet a lot. Um, <laughs> so just, just, just know that going in. Uh, then um, if you're looking for Celtics specific coverage, maybe trying to learn about the enemy a little bit uh, Celtics blog. Um, I have a big uh, series preview uh, posted up there and, and ready to go. So you can, uh, you know, check, check on that. So, um, you know, if you're interested in that, and then if you're interested in just, contracts of roster building and NBA salary cap stuff over at spot track. We're running our off season preview series. Um, I'm also one of the parts of the team that gets all the salary data updated on the site and all those sorts of things. So a lot of great stuff there. And then I appreciate you mentioned it a couple of times at NBA at front office show on Twitter, but it's called NBA front office show on either YouTube or on uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Trevor Lane and I break down all the news and notes. It's more, more with a bend towards roster building and the like, but, but we have a lot of fun on that show. He is the man, Keith Smith. Thank you so much for joining us here on the heat culture segment. And we'll be right back. Dos minutos. Now, did I lie to you? I told you it was going to be a great conversation. It's always great to have the, insight from another team's perspective and Keith is one of the best out there especially when it comes to the Boston Celtics um again no homerism just straight analysis and while he did pick the Celtics to win this series um I think he let out the reasons why he felt that made some sense now I know you as Heat fans are not buying any of that but I think you know he acquitted himself pretty well so let me know in the comments and all the whole nine you know what you think who's going to win this series how many games who are the X factors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I can't wait to jump back in and see how the rest of this series goes out and see if the Miami Heat are actually able to go to the NBA Finals and get past this Boston Celtics team here now. You know, a, a pseudo rival of theirs here for, for, for the years and from years past. So um, stay tuned, man. It's been a great one. Make sure you tap into Bet Online, and we will definitely catch you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.